Life is the series. It's what we're going to be sitting with uh, for the next seven weeks. And again, there probably are a few things more important to us than our own lives. Jesus said in one of the most poignant moments of exchanges with his disciples, looking at them in light of where he was going, calling them not just my followers, you are my friends. And he said to them, he said this, he says, greater love has no man, listen to me, than a man lay down his life for his friends. It is the ultimate gift of sacrifice because life is the one gift that we have that almost stands above all others. And all of us understand that, I think, that this side, on this side of eternity, that we have this gift called life to live. And the scriptures tell us that it is not just something that has no meaning whatsoever. Um, the Bible is very clear. Jesus was clear that we have actually eternity in us. And we were made for more. And that there is something of the imprint of the Creator God that resides in each one of, of us as human beings. That every yearning in us to love, that that yearning in us to be stilled by beauty, when we see it in a sunrise or a sunset or a walk through the park um, and watching the beauty of God's creation, when that something in us stirs to be creative, that came from a God who creates. And that love for story that is in us, that need to imagine all of these things imprints from a divine one touching us, really, reminding us that we are more than just this life. And Jesus talked about it all the time, that you know, all of us, we understand this, though, we all have a beginning and an ending. Um, there was a point in time when we were born, obviously. We didn't have any control over that. We just sort of started, right? Some, somebody else made that decision in some way, shape, or form. And we came into this world. All of us have what we call a birthday. You know, I was talking to one, one man a few days. He said, I don't celebrate birthdays. And I said, well, okay. You know, I mean, no one's telling you you have to, you know. But I said, you know, what about the possibility other people like to celebrate your life? All right, I guess I can let them acknowledge my birthday, right? <laughs> I said, come on, don't be a curmudgeon, you know. Get, get open. Be nice, all right? Stop, stop with this. Uh, uh, anyway, you know what I'm saying. We all, have a, we all have birthdays. We also have a birth end. We have death. There's an end point. I don't know that. I, I talked about it being a box on a calendar. One of those windows is the last one. We can't predict it. I don't know when mine is. Maybe that's good. I don't know. I know this. We all have one. And I often talk about how that last box actually has an opening on one end of it because it leads into something completely different. Jesus talked about that. He talked about life. He talked about how this, real, in many ways, this life here is a prelude to real life yet to be. And yet it means a lot how we live it. We're going to talk about those things. All of us, some of us are at different places in our life. You know, I look out in the crowd and in this congregation, just like I did this morning and last evening, and I see many different faces of different people at different stages in our lives. Some of us are in what we might call, if we were talking in terms of the seasons of life, we are in our spring, in our summer, the early portions of our life. Strength, there are assumptions about what we have that will not always be. 
And yet some others of us, like myself, we're moving into the fall of life, we're moving into our 40s and our 50s, and um, the autumn leaves are falling, the leaves are changing color, <laughs> falling out in some cases, right? Um, we know that change is there. Bodies don't respond the way they used to. It's different. It's okay. Different. Winter time. I've, there are some of us who are in our 60s, early 60s, 70s, 80s. You know, my grandmother, who's, you know, such a part of our congregation, you know, part of that founding group of people who had that vision to start our church, we just celebrated her 85th birthday. And it was real special, you know, and we were able to say how much we appreciated it and were grateful for her. But all, you know, we don't know how long we're going to live. Um, you know, she's the only one of my grandparents still alive. When, when we understand, though, as we get we move along life is that we have a beginning and an ending. I can't control the future. None of us can. But we can, we can do, do a whole lot about the now, and we can't change the past, but right now we can make some decisions that are going to affect how we live into whatever days we have left to live for God. So I am going to make a deep, strong appeal that you and I have been given this great gift called life to live not, and it's not just about where we're heading, as important as, as that is. It's also about what God wants to do in us and through us and around us. And so this series on life, which begins this week, is really connecting into the deepest, one of the deepest and most prevalent themes of the Christian way is life. Think about it. Jesus talked about life. He talked about how I've come to give you life. He said, God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe on him would, have, would not perish but have life. He, every, there's all kinds of dis light, life, um, love. These are the grace. These are the words that dominate the faith. But life, it, mean, it was on his lips a lot. I give my life for you. I have come that you might have life in me. I have come that your life might turn into a life that is everlasting and overflowing and abundant and without end, that you might have the victory of life. We talk about how, really, where we're heading to, this seven weeks of, of this series is designed to help us take a journey together, a walk together that ends up leading us into the cross, the celebration of the cross, and then ultimately the celebration of an empty tomb, which is the celebration of not just a Savior, but a risen Savior. And that is about life. And so if you can think about it, really, this is all about moving towards the celebration of life. And it means that we acknowledge along the way that we've been given a gift of life, that Jesus gave his life so that we might have eternal life, but also an abundant, growing, grace-filled life here on earth. And these are important things for us to consider and reflect upon. This is about life. Now, there was one exchange in the scriptures in which Jesus had a friend who was also a follower and she believed in him and she was a wonderful woman and her name was Martha. But when we come to John 11, we find in this great passage in which Jesus makes a statement that should shake us to the core and connects deeply into what we've been talking about with, about this whole idea of life. It's our diving point. That she, you got to remember, what's happened here is that when we come to John 11, Martha and her sister Mary and her brother Lazarus were followers and friends of Jesus. And uh, her brother was dying, and she sent word. They sent word to, to have Jesus come. 
because she believed and she had seen and she believed and they believed that if Jesus could get there in time, he would be able to heal their brother who was dying because they believed he had the, the power to heal. And their hope was that wherever he was, once he got news, he would come. And if you read the story, Jesus delays and he doesn't make it in time on their time. So by the time Jesus arrives, Lazarus has already died. Her brother's dead. Martha, Mary, her sister, is shaken and, and, and seemingly unable to go and meet Jesus. But Martha goes out to greet Jesus as he's coming and to express to him what has happened and how deeply disappointed she is with his, his, not, his unavailability or inability to get there in time. Let's look at this passage together. In John 11, verse 20, it says, Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and she met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, this is her initial greeting. Lord, if you had been here, if you had been here, I know my brother would not have died because even now I know that wherever you ask of God, God will give you. In other words, I know that you have the power of God, that, that God moves in you, that you have the power to heal. And if only you had gotten here before it was too late, I believe you, you, could, you, you could have and would have healed him. And, and you can see that her faith went far. And she believed that he could heal him as long as he was still alive. There was still an ounce of hope. If Jesus could just get there. And you can feel the disappointment in her words. It is the mixture of love and disappointment. If only you could have gotten here in time. And then Jesus says something to her. He says, look, but even now, then, then he says, Jesus said to her, your brother, your brother will rise again. And then she says, I know, Lord, I, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last. I, I, thank you for those words. I, I appreciate those words. Those are good words. He will rise again. And, and we will, you will see him again. We've heard those words. And you can feel her almost going, I, I, okay. You know? You know what I mean? It's like, I, I appreciate being able to, to, to have you tell me that. I, I believe that. I believe that someday we will be reunited. And then Jesus stops her. And he's, he's sensing that she is on the wrong track. And he says to her, no, 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 no. And then he utters this verse that is so filled with life. It is the declaration of life. He says, listen to me. No, listen, look. And then he makes a statement. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Then he goes on, and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And then, do you believe this? In other words, Jesus says in essence, no, no, no. I, yes, I understand. Martha says, yes, Lord, I know. In the future, he will rise. No, no, no. Jesus says the future is present before you. Think about it. The future is standing right in front of you, face to face. The power of life is in me. I am the resurrection and the life. That's what he says. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. 
He who believes in me, though they were dead, yet they will live. Do you believe this? And she goes as far as she can. She's a lot like us. You know, you and I, we, we, you know, we, we, we try to get there, right? She says, look, she says, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ. I believe that you are the Son of God. And it's a great confession. Who has come into this world? Verse 27. It's a great confession. But I'm, I'm, I'm sure that she could not, even as many times we cannot, fully appreciate and comprehend everything that Jesus meant by those astounding words. And so she, she said what she could. It's a lot of, a lot of times when, when we are disappointed, um, we confess things that we don't even quite understand, but we believe. But I, I don't really think, I, I mean, we'd, she wasn't getting what Jesus was really saying because what he was about to do was going to stun everybody. It was one of the most amazing miracles that Jesus ever recorded as doing. And he literally calls Lazarus, not, her faith was, as long as he's alive, you can heal him. Jesus said, you forget who I am. And he called, literally, if you read the passage, Lazarus has called, Lazarus, come forth! And there is this moment where there is a resurrection of life flowing back into his body. And it's this powerful moment. And you know, now Lazarus lives years. He dies eventually. He didn't live forever. But all of us really in some way can relate to this because the gospel is all about the death, dead being brought to life. And there are dead things in all of us that God wants to bring, bring to life. And there is a life that God wants to give us that goes beyond death. And this has everything to do with our faith. And I want to suggest that, that following Jesus is not just about the promise, as great of a promise as it is about someday getting to heaven. But I'm going to try to suggest here now, and these will be some thoughts I just want to submit as we use this time to jump into where we're going in the weeks ahead. I want to suggest that following Jesus has everything to do with the life that we live here on earth. Jesus said in what we know as what the Lord's Prayer, he said, our Father who is in heaven. Pray like, they said, how, how can we pray like you, Lord? He says, well, pray like this. This is a kind of way of praying. Our Father who art in heaven, God whom we recognize. Father who art in heaven, holy is your name, set apart, different than others. Your kingdom come, your love and reality be present in this world even as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, which reminds us, Jesus didn't just say, your kingdom come in heaven. He said, on earth. How is his reality lived out? It's lived out through people on earth. God cares about how we live. Why can I say with such great conviction that it matters to Jesus how we approach our life? Because he talked about it as being something that was hugely important. So how we challenge things in our life, how we go about forming our life, how we talk about move, letting the Lord work on our character, how we talk about growing, becoming, emerging. What, we, what do we mean when we say that he wants to give us life and to give it abundant and overflowing? What does that have to do with this, this um, series that we're even looking at now as we talk about life? Or what, what are we saying? You know, think about the, the, the words living in in fullness every day. Now that, 
that's kind of like the odds. Oh, that's a, it's a, you know, living in fullness every day. What does that mean? What am I trying to get at? I mean, I almost, I almost use the idea of living in fruitfulness every day, and I like that. I, I, I almost went with it because it, I think that there's an element of a, the idea of a tree speaks of, of bearing fruit. And in Psalm 1, it talks about how we are to be like a tree planted by the streams of living water, which brings forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf also shall not wither. In other words, there's a, Jesus, talk, as we'll see, talked a lot about the quality of our life, the fruit of our life, the effect of our life, how we affect other people, the choices we make. Do they honor God? Will we, be a, will we choose to be a blessing? Where we go? Will our life be characterized by blessing? Living in fullness every day. This idea of living, for me, fullness speaks of being close to God. It speaks of being filled with His Spirit. It, it speaks of living in a relationship with the Lord that is alive. In fact, I love this season because everything about it speaks of life. I mean, right now it's raining outside. And it's been raining and the skies are gray. But soon spring will come. And we will watch things awaken and turn green. The water will bring life. And it'll be a beautiful time of awakening. You know what? It's so perfect because God wants to awaken things in us. We say, oh, these are tough times. Yes, these are great times. Because it's time for us to have things renewed in our heart, grown in our heart, expanded in us. That's what I'm getting at. I'm going to say that he wants us to live in his fullness, in his full presence and reality every day. Let me show you another verse. In 2 Corinthians 4, 16, it says this. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Why? Even though our outer person is perishing, yet... Our inner person is being renewed. How often? Day by day. Each day, a new opportunity to live a life that is truly life. Each day, an opportunity to start afresh. Every day. You know, I like, I like it because it's brought, it brings it down. You know, think about it. A life really is comprised of days. And we don't know the number of our days. But the Bible tells us to number our days. That is to think wisely about them and to not take them for granted, that we only have so many of them. And so what does that mean? What does this mean? Okay, so in one sense, God cares about how we are living in the present, but also, let me just, secondly, not only how we live on earth here and living in relationship with him, but secondly, we're talking about not just getting to heaven, but learning how to live in a way that trusts him in our present reality. Now, what, I, what do I mean by that? Um, I, you know, I had toyed, because this idea of trusting God, I mean, what is that? To rely on God, to count on God. In fact, I put a, I put a paraphrase of John 3.16 in the handout. It says this. This is what Willer's uh, paraphrase, I think it captures this great verse. Just look at it. It's in the handout on the quote section. It says, God's care for humanity was so great that he sent his unique son among us, his only begotten, that, so that those who count on him, who trust in him, believe in him, might not lead a futile and failing existence, a life that doesn't matter, but instead have the undying life of God in us. That's part of what we're talking about here. Now, you know what's interesting is I almost, <laughs> I almost, I almost toyed with the idea of, of naming the series something else. I almost was thinking about, Lord, maybe I should call it, this is, I was thinking, you know, living life in lean times. Because I thought, these are tough times right now. But then it, it just didn't work with the whole life. Man. <laughs> but, but my heart was there, it, and it still is. You know why? This has everything to do with trusting God. What does that mean? 
What does it mean to rely on God? What does it mean to trust in God in times like these? What does it mean to live life in lean times? Now, we understand that from a, from a kind of cultural, economic, social, social you know, perspective is what's going on in the world right now. We get that, that there, this is a challenging time for many of us. Some of us, these are lean times. Some of us, these are times are, that are testing us at our core. And if they haven't, I mentioned it already, there's a kind of low-grade anxiety that is setting in. We're hoping, but at the same time, this is a, that, by the way, on top of all the other issues of life, and it is amazing how many things can go wrong. And it, boy, that's real positive right there. I get it, right? I mean, but I was just talking, I was, talking about, I was saying, I was, you know what? You walk up through life, we, all, we have stuff come up all the time. I mean, people issues, work issues, financial issues. I'm, I'm just saying, it's amazing. You can be going along in a relationship. It's been great for years, and all of a sudden, it starts to unravel. Good friendship. All of a sudden, it's got tension in it. All of a sudden, somebody's mad at somebody. You're stuck in the middle of it. All of a sudden, something happens. Someone has something with their health, or we have a health issue. All of a sudden, we're in a situation where we were going along fine, and, and now we're being inundated with one thing after another, and it's feel, we feel the pressure. I was, I was sharing earlier that I said, you know, there's been a number of things that sort of happened. Um, I'm sailing along, and all of a sudden, you know, just things, certain things happen. And I was feeling really a pressure, pressure. And it, I felt like the Lord was saying to me, yeah, and these are the times when you need to lean into me. Lean into me. Remember I talked about the restlessness that leads to recklessness? Lord, help me not to be reckless in my restlessness. But I, I was saying, okay, so what can we do to trust? What does trusting him in our present reality look like? Let me, let me just sort of flesh this out a little bit. I'm going to suggest that in a time like these, when we want to cultivate trust in our lives, that one of the places that we can go is to live close to the Psalms. I say, what? The Psalms. Yes. I'm talking about the part of the Bible that is the Psalms. That Psalms are songs. They're prayers. And I am convinced now over a number of years of following the Lord and studying people's lives who follow the Lord that there are times in life where certain portions of the Bible are more powerful and meaningful than other times for us. For example, there are times when we are genuinely not sure, we, we feel like we are in need of wisdom. I suggest that, that that's a time to really dive into the Proverbs, for example. There are times where we just want to think about what it means to live in relationship with God we can, and what it means to, to live like Jesus. You read the Gospels. There are times where you can think about how should we be constructing our lives. You can read the other parts of the New Testament. In other words, but, and, but here's the thing. The Psalms are a wonderful place to go when we are really confused and anxious. So I thought about Martha again. I go back to her. When she's with meeting Jesus... She's so disappointed, and yet she has faith. And there's this tension between, you disappointed me, if only you had been here, combined with, I believe in you. And I think all of us have felt that at different times. I have felt that. And there are times where the Lord is going to challenge us to trust him, even when it doesn't look like he showed up. But he's there with us. And there are things that God wants to do. The Psalms are valuable. I was, I was reading, some, I was reading um, Psalm 40, for example. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me. And he heard my cry. He brought me out of a horrible pit. 
out of the miry clay and he set my feet on a rock. He established my steps. He put, I love this, and it just brought life to me. He put a new song in my mouth. He gave me a new song. In a difficult place, he gave me a song. He put a new song in my mouth, praise to our God. And many will see it in fear and honor the Lord and will trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who, who trusts in the Lord, who makes the Lord his trust. I, I was in the prayer room earlier this morning. I was looking at, on the, at in the Sunday school and they had tagged a verse onto the board. And I was looking at that verse and it, and it filled me up with joy. And I was reminded about it was in Psalms 27.1. It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Who should I, why, why should I allow fear to dominate me? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You see, there are, listen, what I'm say, suggesting is as we make our way in these coming weeks that we dive in, some of us, into his word and that we pull out a piece of it and hold on to it and let it fill us and nurture and strengthen our resolve and our confidence and our trust in God at these times. I'm going to say that we get what we put in. We treat the Lord casually, we'll get a casual thing. We get serious about God, it'll pay deeply for us. His word will come alive and it will be a word in good season, in due time. Let us not lose heart. Think about that. This idea of God has a word for us in this time. It may show up in the devotional. It may show up in the psalm. I'm challenging us to dig in. Secondly, not, not far behind that, live close to the psalms. Then secondly, live close to others, live in community. Use this time. Now, some of us are going to have more time than we have had in a long time. <laughs> what are we going to do with that time? I appeal in the Lord's name to use it well. To grow your heart towards God. Grow our hearts to God. Invest in relationships, good relationships. Take some risks. Yes, I'm talking about friendships. I'm talking about the blessing of rich conversation that has no, no motive to get somewhere in it, to get something from another person. I'm, 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 talking, about, I'm, I'm talking about being a blessing, the, the blessing, the gift of friendship. A gift, by the way, that marriages need too. It's a cultivated. It's a product of learning how to be patient and forgiving to one another. It's, not, it's, being, it's being safe to share our heart we talk about intimacy, into me see. We talk about taking the risks of being honest with our fears and concerns and saying, let's, let's try to pray for one another here or in a group of people that we, we have built some relational trust there and it begins to pay off at times. But it's, it's a pro in other words, this is an opportunity to build relationally with people at this time, to live in community, to in take this time and make it work for us. And then, and then not far behind that, this will be my little third piece there, um, is to not only just live close to the Psalms, live close to others, 
but also to live close to our creativity. And you say, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the idea of not, of not getting stuck in ruts in life. And, and I'm gonna suggest that God wants us to be a creative people. He is the God of story. He is the God of art. He is the God of music. He is the God of new beginning. He is the God of a new day. He is the God who breathes life into dead things. That's our God. And you know what? He wants us also periodically to get our eyes, when we're, when we're feeling confined and suffocated and increasingly bound up by things that we are not in control of. What we can control is our attitude and our own willingness to turn to God. And I'm going to say this is a time to be open to new things, uh, maybe re-engage re certain creative hobbies of ours or read things that are going to take us into places and expand us and grow us. So yeah, I'm saying this is a time to stay optimistic, to trust God, to live the life that he's given to us to live, to not be angry, to not be resentful, to not be blaming, but to focus on what the Lord is trying to do in us and through us, maybe even at times to bless in illogical ways other people when we have nothing to bless with ourselves. And yet we feel like, you know what, God put it in my heart to, be the, to give you this gift, and I'm going to do it. I don't know. I'm, I'm saying is whatever creative thing that busts us out of the things that hem us in. And to be open to God, take a walk, enjoy the gift of breath, breath, you know, take a, breathe deeply the goodness of God, the gift of life. Love well, live well for the Lord. Get past our grudges. Choose not to be bound up by things we can't control anyway. Live close to the goodness of God. We've got a great eternal hope and a present blessing. Let's live in it. God will provide. He is Jehovah Jireh. You say, well, you just say, I believe that. It may not be the avenue we were looking for, but he will show up if we are willing. Last thing. Thirdly, it just connects to everything we've been saying here, is that I think that the Lord wants us to grow and grow and become more and more, listen, of what he wants us to be. So that the master potter, listen, loved ones, is wanting to take us and reshape us and reform us. And a lot of times it's not till things break that they can be remade. I've learned enough to know not to be afraid of brokenness even though I don't want it. Because I've seen his grace show up in magnificent ways. And if some of us have felt broken lately, listen, he is the master potter who takes the fragments of clay and molds it into a beautiful instrument. That is his way. It may be rough and it may not always feel good and it may cost us something, but you know what? If we, if we are willing, the master potter will shape new things. And there is blessing there. There is life there. He is the beginning and the end. He is our creator and our friend. He is the one who has started this in our lives and he will complete it. This is a time to trust God in, in daring ways, not necessarily denying things. I'm not, I hope you hear me. I am not denying. I'm not saying deny the pressure. I'm not saying deny and not use our best job. I'm just saying we are in a better place to be problem solvers and creative when we walk with God and when we are open and we are not letting ourselves be bogged down by things we can't control anyway. Trust the Lord. And so, Lord, I pray that you would cause not only a flow of life to come, but a flow, Lord, of faith. Uh, an oh, Lord, a gift of trust, a gift of trust, to trust you who has started this good work in our lives, Lord. And you know what? I welcome you, Lord, to keep working on us. You know the things that you want to do, Lord. 
you know the areas that we've struggled with maybe for many years, some of us, and you are willing and desiring to write a new chapter in our lives, a new theme, a new song, Lord, to sing. And I pray that we would sing the song that we've been given to sing in this season, Lord. Help us to draw near to you because you said if we will draw near to you, you will draw near to us. Increase our faith. Help thou our unbelief, Lord. Let your life flow. You who are the beginning and the end, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord. Bless this song that we close with. Let it speak a final word and bless our time of giving and may we give with confidence and faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Be our provider, Lord. Amen and amen.